Chapter 12 of With Links of Steel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tom Mack, Tucson, Arizona. With Links of Steel by Nicholas Carter. Chapter 12 Closing In. There was indeed, as Nick Carter shrewdly suspected, a mysterious bond between the several crimes thus far engaging his attention and the secret operations for which David Kilgore and his gang had ventured into the city of New York. Nick had remarked, however, that the game would become as hazardous and stirring as one could desire as soon as it was fairly driven from cover, and Nick began to drive it from cover that very night, shortly before nine o'clock, and just as the two detectives were parting from the Hindu snake charmer, Mr. Rufus Venner rang the bell at the door of Cervera's uptown residence. It was answered by Cervera herself, much to Venner's surprise. Where's the butler tonight? he abruptly demanded as he entered and closed the door. Gone, said Cervera curtly. Gone? I've sacked him along with all the rest. Not discharge all of your servants. Nothing less. But why, demanded Venner, with a frown settling about his dark eyes, you cannot remain here alone. I don't intend to. But what are you going to do? When are you going? While thus speaking, they had repaired to the library at the rear of the house, the room in which Nick had encountered the gang nearly a fortnight before. It was the only room then lighted, even the hall through which they had passed was in darkness. Yet Severa was dressed in an elaborate evening gown, fitted close to her lithe, nervous figure, and augmenting in a marked degree her dangerous dark beauty. "'You know where I am going, or should,' she replied, facing Venner with an odd smile on her red lips. "'Not to the diamond plant,' cried he with a start. "'To the diamond plant, yes.' Impossible. You will find it's not impossible, Roof, she reported. I generally go where I wish and do what I undertake. I have already sent my own jewels and other valuables there by Pilote. He was here this morning. But consider, Senetta, protested Veneer with a darker frown. Think of what chances you are taking. Of what? Suppose Nick Carter suspects you and has a shadow on your movements. Bah! interrupted Severa, with a snap and a flash of her black eyes. I care nothing for Nick Carter. Caramba! Do you think I fear him? I will fool and foil Nick Carter as I have fooled and foiled his betters. I shall go to the plant tomorrow, and that settles it. Stop a bit, insisted Veneer almost angrily. Do you forget that Kilgore and all his gang are there? Do you forget that we are just about launching our gigantic enterprise? We now have nearly a million dollars worth of diamonds manufactured or in the process of making, and I already have begun to distribute them on the market at a fabulous profit. Well, I know all that. What has it to do with my going there? Such a move on your part may give Carter a clue to our location, declared Venier. Oh, no, it won't, sneered Severa scornfully. I'll look out for that. Discovery would ruin all and possibly land the whole gang behind prison bars. Ha! I'm as well at the plant as here. 
and there I am going. You let me alone to evade the Carters. But why in thunder are you so determined to make this change, demanded Venner. An amorous fire came stealing into the woman's resolute eyes, and she shrugged her shapely shoulders significantly. You should know why without asking, she slowly answered, with her gaze fixed upon his changing countenance. It is because I love you, Ruth, and wish to be where you spend so much of your time. So much of my time, echoed Venner inquiringly. So at least you tell me. Do you doubt it? I know that five days and nights have passed since you came here to see me, cried Severa bitterly. I have only your own word and explanation of your neglect. That should be enough, said Venner curtly. Yet a man after a new love does not shrink from lying to an old, retorted Severa. Pshaw, you are jealous again. A woman who loves as I love is always jealous. Of whom now? You know of whom. I tell you I have not seen Violet Page since the theater closed. I have only your word for it, repeated Severa, with incredulity bright in her sensuous eyes. You know what I told you, Ruth. I'll not tamely permit that pale-faced nightingale to come between you and me. You know what I told you. I would kill her as I would a snake. Despite his own stiff nerves, Venner recoiled from the look on the woman's desperate face. Her voice had fallen to a hiss like that of the reptile mentioned. You are mad, Sonetta, he cried irritably. You have no occasion for this jealousy and hatred. I have had. You know that I have had, and your face shows it. You have none now, absolutely none now. His emphatic declaration fell upon Severa with an effect which Venner did not at first understand. She sprang quickly toward him, gripping him hard by the wrist, while her every nerve seemed stimulated with sudden agitation. None now? None now? Now? She fiercely reiterated in inquiring whispers. Do you mean that that is done? That it is done? Done? gasped Veneer amazedly. Is what done? What in the devil are you driving at? She drew back, searching his eyes with hers, and hers were like those of a demon in her momentary suspense. Then it isn't, it isn't, she hissed through her white teeth. I thought from what you said that it was, I thought, good God, what do you mean, cried Venner, aghast for a moment. Then, struck with a sudden recollection, he turned and snatched an evening paper from a pocket of his coat, which he had tossed on a chair. He had recalled certain leader lines which had caught his eye earlier in the evening, yet which he then had not sufficient interest to follow. Now he hurriedly opened the paper and read the story, or so much of it as enabled him to guess the truth. It was the newspaper story of the girl found dead in Central Park that afternoon, with the mystery involving the sudden fatality and the names of the murdered girl and her mistress, Violet Page. A half-smothered oath of horror and dismay broke from Veneer after a moment. It brought Severa to his side, and she snatched the paper from him and read. The story of her own failure, the miscarriage of her own jealous and murderous design. She suppressed the shriek of mingled disappointment and fury that rose to her twitching lips, then passionately cast the paper upon the table. 
"'Well, what do you make of it?' she demanded, glaring at Venner's colorless face. "'No need to ask,' he replied hoarsely. "'You know what I make of it.' "'You think I did it?' "'I know you did it. "'And killed the wrong girl?' "'And killed the wrong girl. "'Can you guess how?' "'I don't care how. "'I know that you did it.' "'You will not betray me,' hissed Severa, "'crouching before him with eyes never leaving his.' I have no wish to betray you. You dare not. You dare not. I shall not. If you do... The woman checked her words for an instant and ran her hand into the bosom of her dress. When she drew it forth, it gripped a naked ponard, upon the polished blade of which the rays of light flashed with many a wicked gleam and glint. If you do, she repeated, I will send you after her, Rufus Venner. I will do even more. I will expose our whole game and our whole gang. I have said that I will not betray you, nor will I, cried Venner, signing for her to put up the weapon. Yet you were mad, Sonetta. You had no grounds for such jealousy, no occasion for such a crime. I had, and you know it. I told you I would do it. Well, you have tried it at least, growled Venner, forcing a smile to his gray lips. "'And you dare not betray me,' repeated Severa, thrusting the glittering weapon within her dress. "'I have not failed entirely, Ruth, since it makes the criminal tie between you and me all the stronger. "'It binds us together with links of steel, Ruth, and they are stronger far than any marriage contract. "'Then you love me like that, eh?' "'You know I do. "'Yet your infernal jealousy and your determination to quit this house and go to the plant with the gang may yet ruin us all. If Nick Carter were to get a clue... Bah! Severa fiercely interrupted. I despise him, not fear him. I tell you again, I will fool and foil Nick Carter as I have fooled and foiled his betters. His better as a detective never lived, Sonetta. I care not. I defy him and will yet show you that... Hush, hark! A cab has stopped outside. Severa changed like a flash. With the bound of a leopard, one of those lightning moves with which she could electrify an audience from the stage, she crossed the adjoining room, which was in darkness, and reached the front window. One glance through the lace draperies was enough. Nick Carter was just alighting from his carriage. Severa darted back and joined Veneer. It's Carter, Nick Carter himself, she fiercely whispered, with all the fire of her passionate Spanish nature ablaze in her eyes. Carter, good God! Be off, Roof, and leave him to me. To you alone? Yes. He is already on your track for this crime. I'll foil him yet. Leave him to me alone, Severa fiercely cried. Be off by the back stairs then through the stable and the side alley. Go to your own home, and from there signal Kilgore to have the secret way to the plant open for me. Here, the paper. Take it away with you. I'll elude Carter. But he may arrest you at once, protested Venere excitedly. If he does, caramba, do you stop to question? Severa furiously interrupted. If he takes me from this house... He will take me dead. But, 
Quick, he's at the door. Leave him to me alone, and do what I told you. Away, there's the bell. Venner caught up his coat and darted down the back stairs, and quickly departed by the way mentioned. At the same time, while Nick's summons was still echoing through the great house, Sonetta Severa swept haughtily through the main hall, switched on the electric light, and opened the front door. She appeared as cool and composed as if she had just arisen from her dinner. Yet in the vestibule stood the one man whom she had the most cause to fear, the man who now held her fate in his hand, Nick Carter. End of chapter 12 Recording by Tom Mack